war in Iran. The war with Iran in Iran has all but officially begun this afternoon. I'm told that we've already started bombing targets in the Middle East, <clears throat> which isn't a surprise. Joe Biden promised that he would respond to the, uh, the three American soldiers who died uh, over the last week uh, there in the Middle East and that Iran would be the, the recipient of, of that retaliation and all of its proxies. And so, you know, it's, it, here's, here's where we are. We don't know. We don't know who's doing what. We're in the fog of war. The fog of war, you enter the law of unintended consequences. Nobody knows. We don't know who's zooming who. We don't know who's behind who. You know, we don't know if the Iranians are truly these, these fundamentalist Muslim extremists who are acting off their own accord out of hatred for the West and America or if they've been positioned to do so, or if they've been manipulated to do so, if they've been moved about by some other player, whether it be the CCP, whether it be Russia, whether it be our own sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, enemy deep state agency or, or, or cadre uh, here in America or in the West, maybe, maybe in the UK, maybe in Europe, maybe, it's the, maybe the party of Davos. We don't know. We don't know, and that's the problem with war. The problem with war is it's very hard to know. It's very hard to know, especially in a global society, especially in a global community. It becomes very difficult to see who's who. It becomes very difficult to measure. It becomes very difficult to count. It becomes very difficult to identify who you're actually fighting. And who does that benefit? Who does it benefit when it's very hard to identify the enemy. Well, one, you could say it benefits the enemy, and we saw that in Afghanistan and Iraq, and we saw the Iraq war and the Afghanistan war become this, this outgrowth of, of, of Islamic terrorism and, and, and uh, anti-Western uh, terrorism throughout the entire Middle East region that we never stopped fighting. In fact, we just had one of the most embarrassing exits in, in, in our military's history there in Afghanistan, ISIS has never been brought under control. Donald Trump had a, you know, Donald Trump had a, 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 a boot on their, on their neck, so to speak. But they were never defeated. And any, any realist is going gonna, is gonna to tell you that. They weren't, we didn't defeat ISIS. And we didn't defeat the other analogs like ISIS in the region. Anybody with good sense will tell you that. We know that. So we never stopped fighting that war, and now we've begun another. Or it's the extension of the same war, you could say. It's the extension of this entire conflict that, that began uh, uh, with, with the petrodollar and the American interest being caught up in this Middle East region, these, these energy wars. Energy for blood, blood for energy. We got to get serious now. We have to get very serious now about how we move forward. Can we control what the United States military does? No. <laughs> Can we use our voice? Can we use our individual person to speak out against this, this corruption? Absolutely. But how? Why are there no anti-war protests? 
The single greatest sign that this country has lost its way is the lack of anti-war protests. Now, you can let the establishment make you feel so little that you believe protests makes no difference. But I guarantee you, when you watch a Tom Emmer say that he's pro-Trump, when you watch a Ronna Mc, Ronna Mc, Romney McDaniel, McDonald, Ronna McDonald, when you watch Ronna McDaniel say that the RNC is going to support Donald Trump, when, when you watch any number of these Republican stalwarts change their tone about MAGA, when you see uh, uh, um, my guy there at, at, in Davos, uh, what, what was he the CEO of? Uh, J.P. Morgan and Chase. When you see him say that we need to start to talk differently about MAGA, we should question these people. We should question these people. We should understand that people aren't always who they say they are. People are not always who they say they are. And right now, we are on the verge of a world war, and, and people are going to say, oh, well, protesting doesn't matter. Protesting doesn't do anything. Or the protests of the 1960s were, were co-opted. They didn't really mean anything. They were a part of the plan. Okay, and that, that may even be true. But right here today, we still know some facts. And some facts are people in power in this country, based on this country's structure, have to be concerned with the overall public opinion. If they didn't care about the public opinion, they, if they didn't, care about the public opinion, they wouldn't spend so much time on propaganda. See the game for what it is. If this establishment did not care so much about the public opinion, the court of public opinion, they wouldn't spend so much time and energy on propaganda. They spend the time on propaganda because it's easier to move their agendas forward when they have the consent, the manufactured consent, of the public, even if that consent is based on false information. They don't need you to, they don't need your consent with the truth. They just need your consent. And so now you're watching this, this craze build in the conservative movement where we have to counter everything the left does, everything the Democrats do. And we have to use each situation that makes the national headlines with a partisan bent. And so now the story has become Joe Biden is weak. Joe Biden is showing his weakness because of his, his, his slow retaliation in Iran. And this is, a, this is a byproduct of his allegiance to Obama, who was also soft on Iran. And all of that could be true, mind you. And this is the difficulty with it. This is the difficulty of critical thought and having the courage to discern which a lot of you don't have, but I'm going to help you. I promise you that. God bless me, I'll be able to help you. That all may be true. Joe Biden is weak. And, and listen, we don't need a, a slow response in Iran to prove to us that Joe Biden is who we already know he is. We don't need that. We don't need that smoking gun. No, Joe Biden is exactly who we know he is. He's weak. Mentally, he's weak. Physically, he's frail. We see it every day. We don't need a new situation. We don't need a new headline to prove that. 
We don't need a current events to prove that. The whole caught the whole being caught up in 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 more current events to prove what we already know is a bastardization of the American intellect. What you're saying is the American people are too dumb to take what happened on Monday and keep it in their mind to make a definitive decision by Friday. Some things paint a pretty good picture. Not a total picture, not always. We can't live in the past. But Joe Biden's had a 30-year body of work. This isn't, this isn't some, some spontaneous leader that's popped up out of nowhere. We know who this guy is. And we see exactly what's become of his presidency and our country under the leadership of it. We don't need new evidence. So let's, let's not let your Ann Coulter's or even your Victor David Hansen's, Davis Hansen, and, and all these people, may I'm, I agree with them on some things, some things I differ. On this military-industrial complex issue, I differ. I differ way over to the, to the right or to the left or wherever you want to, you know, whatever direction you think that is. But I differ. I distinguishably differ from these neocons. And I've been saying it since the beginning. This is why I'm not on Fearless. This is why I'm not on Fearless with Jason. Well, I got nothing to do with no private conversation or Mark Levin or any of that shit. What it has to do with is the conservative mainstream movement knows that the rubber meets the road when it comes to the military industrial complex. And although they may be able to criticize the Ukraine war, they will not. They will not criticize the military-industrial complex as a whole. Many of them won't. Jason's one of them. Jason Whitlock's one of them. But there's a bunch of them. And it's Laura Ingram. I'm in an Uber today, and I'm riding with an older white man. He's driving. Nice man. Polite man. Boomer, for sure. And he's listening to Fox News on XM, on XM Radio. And usually I would just tune out and put my headphones on, but we're on the brink of war. See, I know the neocons and the, and the warhawks and the military-industrial complex are gearing up, so I want to hear what they're telling the constituents who just are everyday citizens trying to do their job and go about their life. I wanted to hear it because I'm running for Senate, and, and I need to be aware of what, what the narrative is. And the narrative was neocon times 1,000 obnoxious neocon. And Laura Ingram, and she comes on with the same monotone, monochromatic, you know, I'm just giving you the facts as they are on the ground. No, she's not. She's lying. She's lying to the American people. Everybody at Fox News is lying to the American people, and they know it. I don't care who you took, gut failed, uh, but, you know, it, 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 pick one. It doesn't matter. Up and down the line. They're lying, and they know they're lying. And they think you'll buy it anyway. And see, that's the modus operandi of the military-industrial complex. That's the whole scam. The scam is... They know that deep down, you, you know they're not telling you the truth. But you like the convenience and you like the false sense of security so much, you'll accept it anyway. At any cost. At all costs. Doesn't matter what the cost. Cost, we could pay. We could pay the American taxpayer, can pay as long as we need to in perpetuity. Doesn't matter the cost. There is no cost. There is no price. No price too high. It's unlimited. Continued resolution. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson wraps himself in the cloth of Christ, gets up there before the American people and says that he's MAGA. But he signs a bill with the establishment and the status quo to keep stealing your money. And what was the linchpin of the, of the CR bill when you really know politics? 
The linchpin is that the open-ended discretionary spending happens around the military. And here we are a month later going into war with Iran because three American soldiers were killed. And they can't tell us who the drone belonged to. They can't tell us. Am I saying that it's, it's, it's inconsequential that three American soldiers were killed? Not, no, of course not. Not at all. Of course it matters when our boys, when our boys are killed, when our, when our citizens, when our servicemen and women are, are killed in action. Of course that matters. What I'm saying is we have to look at the number with some, with, with, with some sort of uh, temperance. We have to. And we, we have to think to ourselves, uh, well, we have more service men and women die every day in this country because of the drugs that come across the border. Who OD, who commit suicide, who are on drugs. We have more soldiers killed every single day in this country, every single day. That's not an exaggeration. Every single day an American soldier is dead is killed, dies, because it is impacted by the policy and the drugs that come across the border. Are we going to war with everybody who's involved in that? Absolutely not. That's a, that's a part of the controlled demolition. That's a part of the controlled chaos. But it's not just that. Even the three soldiers who were killed in this drone attack are part of the controlled chaos. See, you got the managed decline of the West, you got the managed decline of America, but you have the controlled chaos of the, of the whole global community. Understand, the whole modus operandi of, of globalism is controlled chaos. Small skirmishes that we say we're, we're keeping the peace in with international governing bodies. But have they ever been able to keep the peace? No. They just contain the, the, the chaos. To a level where sometimes the chaos is organic, but sometimes it's not. And you get the two swirling around together and you at home can't really tell the difference. And I ask this question, who does that benefit? Who does controlled chaos benefit? Does it benefit you? Does it benefit our soldiers? Certainly it benefits our enemies, whoever our enemies are, because to be quite honest, I can't tell anymore. First, it was the Russians. It's been the Russians, and then the Iranians. And these, but the Ayatollah, the supreme leader. Oh, well, you know, if you, you're not watching, I'm using air quotes. The, the the supreme leader. I mean, when you give a guy a, a name, the supreme leader. When you acknowledge the, the the supreme leader, I mean, it's already theatrical beyond beyond you know my my desire to or my ability to 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 stomach it. Not supreme leader to me. He might be some supreme leader to people over there. So what? Why do I care? Why do I care? And it's no disrespect or, or, or affirmation either way. It's, I'm just not caught up in the theater and I'm not caught up in the propaganda or the narrative. Because as soon as I do, all of a sudden, I start to create this boogeyman of, of these people in this place that we can't see, we can't measure, we can't identify, but they, they do have leadership. And that leadership means to kill us. And because we, we don't know what these people are capable of, we need your money. We need your money at all times. Every single hour of every single day of every single year, we need your money. And if you'll let us take your money, 
If you'll let us take your money with no justification, there's nothing you won't let us do politically, economically. Now, you, you may not let us just come right into your home and rip your child from your arms, although I think, I think a time is coming where, where, where that sort of softness is going to be pervasive throughout the American uh, populace as well, and, and they may start to do that. Definitely, one, definitely testing it now. When you hear about mandates and, you know, and CPS with the LGBTQ and all this other strange stuff that has to do with intruding into a, a, a citizen's home and telling them how they have to raise their child by the government standards, we're, we're, we're getting to a dangerous place along that front. But I'm not saying they're going to just come right in and do that now. But what they're saying is, <clears throat> if you'll let us take your money, there ain't nothing you won't let us do politically or economically. And that's really all we care about. Because you being a working class citizen with some thin veneer of, of rights that you're very unwilling to sacrifice and die for, we can let you run around with the perception of freedom all day long. What's, what was it changed us? We, we're taking your money. I mean, I can let a prostitute run around in the streets all day long thinking that she's running her own program, thinking that she's got freedom, letting her do. I mean, think of it. We're getting pimped. And, and, you, and part of the reason the Republican establishment doesn't like me, they, they won't support me, part of the reason they bring Joe Frazier, Joe Schmo in to, to run as the, the former military intelligence naval officer who worked at some big financial institution that he won't name, the reason why they brought him in is because he can't talk, talk about it like this. They don't want you to under, they don't want a connection from the global all the way to the local, mostly the local in those inner city communities and streets where black people decide or justify the outcome of these rigged elections. That's why they'll bring a Joe Schmo in with a tan sport coat and blush on his cheeks. They don't want people who can tell it to you the way it really is. We're getting pimped. The, the, the number one way a pimp can run his program is he allows the prostitutes to think that, that their participation in the deal, one, will, will fulfill them in some meaningful way, but, but even in the material sense that, that their material freedom is, is worth the, 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 the work, is worth the labor. So, of course, I'm going to let you get your hair done. I'm a first, first, got to find somebody who's a radical materialist to begin with. And then once I identify the radical materialist, now I can go to work on getting you at the teeth. And I'm getting my nails done. And I'm getting my hair done. And I'm going out with my girlfriends. And I, and I work my own hours. And I'm, you know, and I'm doing, I'm doing lunch uh, with, with the girls, uh, or I'm going to the club at night, or whatever. It is. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a part of the party. The party's twenty four seven. You know. Am I putting a little bit of money away saving? Am I ever getting taught the ways to not be involved with the pimp anymore, or do I need the pimp in perpetuity? Now, part of that dynamic used to be that there's a sense of security that the man provides a woman who is in a dangerous line of business that involves other men. And there's a, there's a power dynamic, a natural power dynamic difference between men and women, something we should never forget. Again, that was the basis of why men who commit crimes against women have a harsher, harsher penalty than men who commit crimes against men. It's always been accepted, acknowledged, and seen as the court as a more egregious crime because the man is physically more, more, uh, you know, uh, capable than the woman. Now they want to change that on behalf of the women 
give me a break. I digress. The point is, there was a dynamic with, with pimps and prostitutes back in the day where men provided a level of security in case one of the Johns or people who, one of the clients, uh, you know, got a little unruly, got a little physical, got a little crazy, got a little too hopped up on drugs, didn't want to pay, whatever it was. There had to be a man there that that could, uh, a lot of times, not always, you had some madams and people who were pretty crazy, ruthless, and would do some stuff. You know, Netflix series Griselda just, just came out, and Griselda Blanco was a real person, and she was ruthless. And it was said that Pablo Escobar was scared of her because she was she was wild. I can't say for sure. I didn't live in the time. Don't know these people. So there are some women who were a part of the, the life and the business that were that are ruthless and, and could hold their own. I'm not saying there's not, but traditionally speaking, you had a man there who could who could handle things that that dealt with men if things got out of control. That's you. Your daddy, your pimp is the federal government. Your daddy is the military industrial complex. You can say you don't like Joe Biden all you want to, but every time that you you accept this mentality of, of perpetual warfare, all you're saying is Joe Biden's your pimp or whoever sits in the seat is your pimp. You're just an American citizen out there trying to go about your, your, your daily way with, with radical materialism or whatever else, and, and you... Uh, you need, the, you need the federal government. You need your daddy to, to protect you. And I'm not saying that the federal government shouldn't protect you. I'm not saying the federal government shouldn't protect the interests of its, of its country or its citizens. But what I'm asking is, what is that interest? What are those interests? We, you know, we, we get caught up in the, 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 the language so much that we stop we, we to, we, we, we fail to stop and update what we mean when we say certain things. What's the interest? Whose interest are we protecting there in Iran, in the middle of this, this, this entire region? And I'm not making an anti-Israel thing here. I know that Israel's there, and obviously we are fighting. This entire conflict has spilled out after Israel was attacked. I get that. But there are multiple interests within Israel, just like there are multiple interests within America. So we can't talk about Israel's interest or America's interest as a single matter because there's nothing singular about it. It's multifaceted. And we have to be clear now which interests within these umbrella interests we're actually protecting. <coughs> and I don't even think we're really protect, protecting Israel's interests. Let's just be honest. When the Houthis say that we're going to cut the fiber optics that run under the Red Sea, on the floor of the Red Sea, that are, are uh, uh, you know, the, the key to, to global communication, 80% of the world's global communication, we're protecting Europe's interests. And even more important, what we're protecting is the idea of globalism. The American military and the American taxpayer, the American citizen is upholding the structure, the idea and structure of globalism. There's an international community. There's a global economy. There's a global communication that we have to protect with our soldiers, with our sons and daughters, with our blood, with our money. And see, it all goes back to the money. 
it always goes back to the money. This whole thing was built when the United States dollar became the world's reserve currency. And slowly but surely, you saw the empire expand. And now anywhere where our dollar is the reserve currency, our military has to be there ready to fight any rebels who, who, who challenge that status quo. And that's why all those Arab countries over the last week have joined the BRICS now. This is a challenge of the United States dollar as the global hegemony. That's what's going on here. And instead of us being a big boy and saying, oh, oh, you know, then this is what this is what a pimp has to do sometimes. You know, uh, a pimp has to has to let a, 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 a working girl know sometimes, hey, you think it's better over there with them? Go find out. But you got to be able to back that up. You got to be able to back that up and you got to be able to live when, with, with her going. And that's difficult for people. And our government is showing that, that our game ain't too tight. We don't want to we don't want to let our our, our uh, um, vassal states. We don't want to let the vassal states go and, and 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 live on their own a little. You don't like the world under America. You don't like the world under Western civilization. Go ahead and find out what it's like when we're not there. That's what leadership would really look like. That's what Donald Trump was proposing. And even he was doing it incrementally because he understood the, 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 the narrative, the strength of the narrative that exists amongst the world's leaders, not amongst the people. The MAGA grassroots is already saying America first. We are not interested in these wars. We're not interested in protecting these interests. But uh, the rest of America's leaders don't, aren't quite there. And that would come to bear on Donald Trump in a significant way. You're already seeing it. Even though he tried to incrementally do it, they resent him and they reject him because of that incremental change. And that's why they're going after him with 91 indictments. I don't even know if Donald Trump gets that. Honestly, I hope I get a chance to talk to him. I was supposed to go to Mar-a-Lago and meet with him. I'm, I'm doing a, a national radio show every day. I'm doing the podcast. I'm doing as much as I can do. I wish I had gotten down to the Mar-a-Lago, you know, terrible that I, that I missed the opportunity or whatnot. And I thank you to the, 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 the gentleman that invited me. He's a brother of mine, a friend of mine, friend and, and comrade in the movement. But I couldn't do it. And here's what I'll say. I hope I get the chance to talk to him in the very near future. And I hope it's not, nothing wrong with a dinner setting. Don't get me wrong. But, but we need some constant correspondence and coordination about what's going on here. And maybe they have it. Maybe they have it. But if I'm Donald Trump right now, I, I don't even know if Donald Trump really understood that from my angle, from my viewpoint, the reason they, they're going after him has nothing to do with any of these cultural wedge issues. It ain't got nothing to do with racism. It ain't got nothing to do with with debt or, or business deals. It ain't got nothing to do with with sexual harassment or, you know, wh whatever. What he says on Twitter, it, it got nothing to do with any of that. The single greatest reason they resent Donald Trump is because he was one of the first anti-war presidents in the last 30 to 40 years. He was one of the first genuine anti-war presidents since John F. Kennedy. That's why they resent him. That's why they don't like him. That's why they're afraid of him. Because they know he has the stones to actually ask the question, is this worth it? Is this, is this, does this serve America? 
The moment he stood up before NATO, the moment the moment he sat before NATO and questioned the structure of the deal, I knew Donald Trump was going to face the scrutiny and the witch hunt he's facing now. And it would have nothing to do with anything they said it was about. It was about that meeting with NATO. It was about those meetings with the world, with the world leaders. America, we're not going to defend the empire anymore. We're not going to let you drag us into a managed decline. We're not going to we're not going to play muscle and bully for the controlled chaos. We're not going to do it. We're not that stupid. Not all of us are that stupid anyway. Joe Biden, he is that stupid. So Laura Ingram is right. Joe Biden is weak. But don't let Laura Ingram convince you that Joe Biden needs to attack Iran and pull us into a forever war because three American soldiers were killed and they can't even identify the drones that did it. That would make you stupid. And I'm not a stupid man. And that's why Laura Ingram and the rest of them would never have me on. See, they're only interested in the WWE. I said earlier on my Twitter, if you watch Fox News, you're a moron. I had somebody come back and say, why would you alienate the people who watch Fox News, you need them to vote for you. I need them to vote for themselves. I don't need them to vote for me. If voting for themselves ends up being a vote for me, then so be it. Amen. Praise be to God. But if not, if you don't actually understand the value of your citizenship and you don't understand what it means to vote in your own interest in these most chaotic and corrupt times, I don't want your vote. Because the vote won't mean anything. I don't need people to, the, the, the process of politics is not just about whether or not we achieve the desired result. It's, is, is there a change in the mind and heart of the American people? And then without that change, this republic will die. This empire will die in infamy just like all other empires have. Roman Empire most similar to ours. And why did the Roman Empire die? Two big Defending too many places with not enough resources and too little leadership. Or even more important, unstable leadership. And what do we have right now? Bigger empire. Big, bigger empire. Better te technology. Better military. Better at killing. Same crisis of leadership. Same unstable environment. Same unstable culture. But we have what all empires always do. They have a reason. They have a reason to tell the people why, why, why they should stay in power. Why you should trust them. Why you should trust them as they tank the country. Why you should trust them as they destroy your lives. Trust us. Just trust us. You know, yeah, yeah. We, we know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. You don't. You don't know. I mean, you, you can't read past the fifth grade. We know that. At least that's what our statistics say. At least that's how we run our campaigns. You can't read past the fifth grade. You don't understand the esoteric jargon of, of geopolitics. That's for, us to, that's for us to figure out. You don't, you don't get it. Just keep giving us your money. All you got to do is keep paying your tax money. You keep paying your tax money, we'll keep you nice and comfortable. We'll keep you in the game. You don't get a seat at the table. You don't get to really make any advancements in the game. In fact, we're going to try and systematically keep you down 
by bringing illegal immigrants and making you compete against the labor of the whole world. We're going to actually try and keep you down in the game. But at least you get to be in the game. I mean, and you get to be in the game with us. You get to get, be in the game with these, these intellectually and philosophically enlightened Atlanticist, uh, cosmopolitan, uh, global elites, technocrats. Ain't it going to be fun when, when, you know, when your, your quadriplegics get a Neuralink? Ain't, aren't you just honored to be living at a time such as this? I'm honored to be living in a time such as this for a whole different reason. It's got nothing to do with their scientific advancements. It has to, it has to do with the ability, the opportunity to speak truth to power in the shadow of all of their corruption. That's the, that's the, 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 the value of being able to live in a time such as this. They want you to be honored because of how good things are. Always going to war. What's so good about it? All we do is go to war. All we do is go to war, find more reasons to go to war. And am I saying war is, 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 is off the table? Look, when I say I'm anti-war, do I think war isn't necessary? No. No, we're not going to let, let's fight the war where it really needs to be fought, at our border. Full stop. No, I mean full stop. I'm not one of these halfway America firsters that's, you know, well, we ought to protect the border, but we also got to protect our, our allies. You know, we, we got to make sure our border's secure, but we also. As soon as you hear them say, but we also, you know they're full of shit. You know they're fucking rhinos. You know they're fucking neocons. You know they're fucking rules-based order puppets. Because there ain't no fucking rules-based order if there's no rule about our border. Liars. No rules. There are no rules with liars. So there can be no rules-based order. There can be no rule of law. So when Laura Ingram comes before the American people on Fox News and talks about the rule of law, I know that she's full of fucking shit. And I don't care if she sprinkles a little truth. I don't care if she talks about sovereignty or she mentions the border or she she mentions mentions some corrupt D.A. like Alvin Bragg, who's some George Soros puppet in her diatribe. Doesn't fucking matter to me. What's the heart of what you're saying? And why when we get to the heart of the matters like we do on this podcast all the time, all these people are so wishy washy. And you know, they are. But they monopolize, they've monopolized the mainstream to a point where it, it's hard for some of you to even access anything else other than the, the controlled opposition. Satellite radio, for example. I don't know what it would cost to have a satellite radio station. I honestly don't. I don't know what it would cost to have a, a MAGA satellite uh, radio station. I think Real America's Voice is on, is on satellite radio, on XM radio. Maybe they are, maybe they are not. I'm, I'm not, not sure. I know they're on Roku and some other places. My show will be premiering not this Saturday, but next Saturday, the Royce White Show. So, I mean, there is places to access, but it's definitely few and far between. And we got to keep working on that. But it's easy to tune into Fox. So the driver of the Uber this morning was just listening to Fox because what else can he listen to? I mean, she can't listen to NPR. And I get that. But who would I be not to tell him, listen, these people are lying to you. These people are neocons. Turn this shit off. Or at least when you listen, listen to understand how they're lying. They want to tell you 
there's somebody somewhere who looks different than you, who thinks different than you, who speaks different than you, who believes in a different God than you, and they, they are constantly evolving. The world and technology is, is constantly evolving, and, and because it's constantly evolving, we have to evolve with it. And in order to do that, we need your money. We need you to pay. And sometimes what, what, what happens is going to be organic, and sometimes what happens is going to be manufactured, and when it all gets to moving fast enough, you won't be able to tell where one starts and the other stops. And that's where we are now. Who's to say that these drone attacks were Iranian? Actually, I think I heard one of the generals, one of the, one of the military leaders who, who commented on the matter say that, that they couldn't tell the difference. They, they mistook the drone for one of our own drones. Well, yeah, I, I would fucking say so. I guess I would fucking say so. I guess when, when technology evolves in perpetuity, I guess it does come, become pretty fucking hard to distinguish an Iranian drone from an American drone or a NATO drone. I guess that is what, what, what kind of happens, isn't it? The question is, do we think that's by mistake? And even if we think it's coincidence from a human and political standpoint, do you think it's a coincidence from a metaphysical standpoint? Do you think it's a coincidence from a spiritual standpoint? Do you think that Satan is making the same mistakes, the same human errors we are? See, because I see the evolution of technology to a point where you can't distinguish Iranian drones from NATO and American drones is exactly what Satan has intended it to do. Which is why I say one of the great heresies of the West is the scientific method. Remember when I talked about the four heresies of the West on Fearless with Jason Whitlock and, and he came back and said, uh, you're talking over people's heads? Well, that's because I need a little bit more time to talk, but y'all want to focus on the fucking Super Bowl. Which I could give a fine fuck about when we're going to send it. And the audacity of these motherfuckers, the audacity of these motherfuckers to actually play the national anthem and make some big brouhaha about our allegiance to the military when the NFL and Super Bowl itself is nothing more than a distraction from the, the endless corrupt wars we're going to go send our troops to go die in. And they're going to tell you that you should, you should observe their memory when all they're doing is getting you to consent to their death. And I'm the extremist. <laughs> they want you to think I'm the extreme. Well, I guess I am pretty fucking extreme. I guess an idea like that, an insight like that, in a world that's, that's full of, of jerking off, I guess that is pretty extreme. I'm, I'm different. I know. I know, and it makes people very uncomfortable, even in my own personal life. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that one person who you know, when you're around, you, you, can't, you can't talk that same bullshit? You know, you, there's that one person who, in your life who you know you can't be full of shit around. What, would, what, do you, what, do, what do you assume people usually, they don't want to be around that person. It's more comfortable to go around the parent you can be full of shit around. It's more comfortable to go around the group of friends you can just talk about anything with. It's more comfortable when you're, you're Cam Newton to, to, you know, talk about sports than it is to, 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 to dive into that, that area that really requires some, some critical thought and some fortitude, some principle. The other way is easier. Death, death is on our doorstep, but convenience will be the death of freedom. Convenience will be the death of freedom. 
It's easier. Freedom ain't, it ain't easy. Freedom ain't going to be given to you. It wasn't given. It's never been given, and it won't be given. It's earned. It's earned. It's sacrificed for. It's lived. It's lived in your mind before it's ever lived out in the world. You have to have a free mentality. And a free mentality isn't, oh, the Iranians, we have to, we have to show f- strength with the Iranians. What the fuck would make you? You better pray. You better pray that Joe Biden and these other feckless motherfuckers don't get us into a full-scale war with a president in the office that can't remember his own fucking name. What in the fuck would make you think that's a smart move for a nation? We better pray we make it to November without a full-scale war. One, because a full-scale war may be justified to not have an election at all, but two, because I don't think that the person in the fucking seat can handle a full-scale war, and you neocon fucks on Fox News are promoting the shit. Fuck you people. You people know exactly what the fuck you're doing. The Minnesota Republican, you know exactly what the fuck you're doing. Every fucking corner I look around, every rock I pull up, there's an ex-military motherfucker in there talking the same neocon shit. You think we're fucking stupid because we're not military intelligence officers? Well, I think you have an aggrandized view of how intelligent the military really is. How about that? How, How about we deal with that reality? You motherfuckers aren't as smart as you think you are. And that's why you're afraid of open elections. That's why you're afraid of real democratic process. That's why you're afraid to let the the floodgates of the Republican Party open so that the people can actually speak. Because you know you'd lose your power because actually, you know people have a, 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 a touch of divinity. They have something in them that God's given them that makes them a little bit smarter than you think they are. A little bit smarter than you want them to be. People have that intuition. They're just caught up in the distraction. And the way to safeguard the distraction is to try and consolidate the consolidate the machine. Yeah. Control the entry. Control the entry. And they're going to control the entry through the RNC. And they're going to control the entry but through, through each individual state party. And they're going to control the entry through Fox News. And they're going to control the entry through BlackRock. I mean, imagine you watch Fox News knowing that BlackRock has a majority stake, an 8% stake financially in the company. And you think they're different than Disney? I mean, what kind of cuck do you have to be? To, and people say, well, why do you call everybody cucks? What do we, you know, you're smarter than that. You're more intelligent. Why don't you just educate us? It's hard to educate a cuck. Because it, it's hard to teach somebody to be something that they never, they never were told they could be. They never, they never knew they could be. Or, or even more importantly, they never wanted to be. It's hard to, it's, it's hard to educate a cuck. And you have to be a cuck. You know, part of being a cuck is, you know, for those of you who don't know, is, you know, I, I let my wife sleep with other men. You know, and, and most of the time when it when it's done, at least the way that it's depicted is 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 something like, um, you know, um, the sexual approval or satisfaction of my woman supersedes my own masculine authority in the relationship. So I'm I'm willing to relinquish my masculine authority over this one woman as as her singular man 
to fulfill her sexual desires, okay? That's how it's kind of depicted. But the lie that's told to yourself in that instance is that she actually loves you, right? That, that she will genuinely love you for doing so. No, she may genuinely enjoy controlling you or getting her way. That doesn't mean it's love. And see, we exhibit the same type of cuck-like mentality as American citizens. We want to believe that, that these people actually care about us, that these people are doing it for our interests because we want to believe they're doing it in their own interest. But our interests and their interests don't necessarily align. And even furthermore, there's nothing that's, that, that, that should, should suggest that suggests that these people aren't interested in their own sort of masochistic self-destruction. I'm not hitching my wagon to the guy who goes to the top of a 100-story building and thinks it's interesting or, or, or valuable use of his time to, to skip across a 100-story a, a building. I'm not, I'm not hanging with that guy. I'm certainly not following that guy. And when we decide to go into a war in Iran in the middle of a, of a presidency with an administration and a president who can't keep their lies in order, much less tell the truth, we are skipping along the edge of a 100-story building. We don't know what Iran has. You can't tell me if you don't know the difference between an Iranian drone and an American drone that you know what the fuck Iran is capable of. I'm not that stupid. You don't know if it's an Iranian drone. You don't know where the drone comes from. And to be quite honest, I'm going to be quite honest. It's very uncharacteristic for the Iranians not to take that this whole deal with Iran has really revealed uh, a, a, a sort of lie that's been told about the Middle East theater the whole time. And I keep going back to it. And you may not like it, but fuck off. Deal with the facts. Facts don't care about your feelings. Well, here's a fact. Either these people are, is, uh, are, are Muslim fundamentalists and extremists, and they'll die on the principle, they'll die for their beliefs, or they won't. Now, I'm not saying that some people don't say they'll die for the beliefs, and when it comes to do the dying, they back out. That's, that's one thing. But see, that's not the history there in the Middle East. The history there is the people who we call extremists, the people like Osama bin Laden, he was obviously willing to die for his beliefs. So much so that he claimed responsibility for shit even if he didn't do it. Now, there were times when he claimed responsibility and he probably had some involvement. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I guess we won't know now, will we? 9-11, for example. Claim responsibility. I mean, they just come right out and claim. Hamas, the attack on Israel, they claim responsibility. They're not hiding. These real fundamentalist extremists, even if they're paid actors, even if they're puppets, at least a part of the show is we're not hiding. We're going to claim responsibility. We're not trying to, to dance around our involvement. So why are the Iranians not claiming responsibility? Why are the Iranians the only ones saying, this ain't us? Doesn't that, doesn't that send up red flags in your mind? With all the other Muslim, Islamic, Arabic extremists in the region, who have these terrorist groups 
that claim responsibility for for terrorist attacks, even when they may have not been may have not been involved in them. All of these groups that do that and the Iranians are the, the, the top of the heap and they say that ain't us. Well, that differs from that that fundamentalist that that fundamentalist kind of prototype that we've been sold. And I'm not saying that they're not fundamentalists. What I'm saying is they're playing a different role in the game. Something ain't right. On face value, something doesn't sit right with that. Something does not smell right. Doesn't smash past the sniff test. And let me tell it to you like this. I've said it before on the podcast and I'll say it again. It's quite possible that this entire military dynamic in geopolitics is all one big stage play. It's all staged. That's possible. Now, that doesn't mean the, the Iranians aren't fundamentalist extremists uh, or, or terrorists. Um, that doesn't mean that the party of Davos aren't technocrats. That doesn't mean that the Americans aren't, in many cases, willful idiots and muscle. That doesn't mean that the crown's not playing every side against the other. That doesn't mean that Israel isn't, isn't playing its own game, the CCP or whoever else, the Russians, the list goes on. Everybody's on the board, but the, the key question is, who does it benefit? When you look at who it benefits, you can start to tell who's behind what. It benefits the Iranians for us to go to war with Iran? You don't think it benefits the Iranians for us to go to war with Iran? Their position just increases in some supposed proxy between us and the, the Russian-China alliance. Their, their role just ante up. They up the ante. Now China and Russia has to decide do they let Iran fall or not? And let's say Iran falls. And I've said this before. Let's say we win in Iran. Are we going to put troops on the ground in Iran? 90 million person country? <clears throat> ain't like Iraq. Oh, it ain't nothing like Iraq. This country's militarized. The Iranians are military. They've been gearing up for this for a long time. So it ain't gonna be no it ain't it ain't gonna be no quick knockover if if we really took it there. Are we gonna keep troops in Iran? How many will we need to keep in order to, to, to control Iran? And if we can't and we cast the, the, the Iranian regimes or leadership into the diaspora, who who assumes control of Iran? Who acquires Iran's natural resources for pennies on the fucking dollar? All of these mealy-mouthed political fucking elites want to come to you and tell you they're so educated and they, they have such good strategy. But nobody can answer these simple questions. If Iran falls, Mark Levin, Laura Ingram, uh, uh, Sean Hannity, uh, whoever the fuck else, you know, pick one of these mealy-mouthed motherfuckers. If Iran falls, if Iran is defeated, and the Iranian leadership is cast in the diaspora. You know, we, we drop bombs. We roll thunder in Iran and we scatter the Iranian people all over the Middle East. Who assumes control of Iran's natural resources? We do. You think so? Not China? 
See, this is a part of the, the world island theory. See, we got to fly and sail to maintain control in Iran. China only has to walk. We got to fly and sail to maintain control in the Ukraine. Russia only has to walk. Russia only has to drive. Russia only has to horseback if they fucking need to. It doesn't matter. They can walk there. We have to fly and sail. And this was the theory that John Halford McKinder, Halford John McKinder, the McKinder World Island Theory, this is the theory that he proposed in 1907. And, and, and consequently, this is the transition that was made where America started to protect the colonial interests of the empire, the British Empire, while the British Empire now has transitioned to become this more, you know, kind of uh, fluid sort of uh, political nothing state. Why are we protecting the Europeans' interests at this level? Why are the Republican talking heads willing to go full scale into a war with Iran when they know our commander-in-chief can barely walk in a straight line? Can somebody answer that? Can somebody out there answer why three American soldiers dying, which is a, a number of soldiers we see dying in our own country every single day from the drugs pouring over the, the border, why are we so willing to go full scale into a war and send our young men and women to die to defend the Suez Canal? The Suez fucking canal. You tell me. I'm just listening. I'm just watching. I'm sure I'll be tuned in to, to tonight, um, you know, in the chats, and and I'll be able to uh, to see. Please drop it in the comments. Why are we defending the Suez Canal? Why are we defending the Suez Canal? Tell me. I'm still here. Well, I'm still here. If you're listening, you're not watching. I'm still here. I'm answering a, a, a text message, but I'm still here. But I really, I'm just want some time for you all to think. Why? Why on earth would would uh, you know we 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 defended this because oh oh I oh wait I think I found the answer uh, when Kissinger. And his school of real politic taught us all and all of our politicians who learned from these elitist uh, uh, European universities and their academic traditions. When he told us that the, the greatest way to d deter military violence and war after World War II is to entangle everybody's markets. Oh, that's the reason why we're defending the Suez Canal. So the, the, the international entanglement of markets is going to deter war, yet we have to go to war to preserve the peace at all times. Well, I'll be damned. That's the best racket in human history. The greatest, the greatest racket in human history is perpetual warfare. And none of these neocon, rhino, warhawk motherfuckers are going to talk to you like that. And that's exactly why the Republican Party won't embrace me. But even more importantly, for you black folks out there who don't understand what the fuck is really going on in this country, that's why the Democrats in places like the Star Tribune won't embrace me. That's why when my Republican neocon opponent now in the, in the 
primary for, for Senate, when he announces his campaign, the Star Tribune covers it like he's a, 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 a credible or formidable opponent, Amy Klobuchar. Uh, but, but when I announce my campaign, it's radio silence, as though I don't exist, because the black man really doesn't exist, especially a black man who's formidable, especially a black man who knows what real politic means, who knows what the Atlanticist mentality is, who knows what happened after World War II, who knows that this whole deal goes back to the United States dollar becoming the reserve currency of the entire world. And now everywhere our dollar is, our military has to be ready to go fight to preserve that economic status quo. Those are the Negroes they don't want you to know. Negroes like me. Negroes like me, they call crazy. But all, I, I challenge you to go and, and, and put this entire hour or so podcast to the test. Measure me by my medal. Which part was a lie? Which part of what I've said was a lie? Some of, it was, some of it was theory, personal theory. Some of it was just asking the question, so that can't be seen as a lie. And a lot of these motherfuckers want to give you answers when they know they don't have them, and that's dishonest. I don't, if I don't have an answer, I'll tell you, I don't know the answer. I don't know if the Iranians are actually the ones behind this. I don't know. Maybe. It's possible. Is it probable? Would I say more likely than not? Yeah. Do I think there are other people helping the Iranians, putting the Iranians up to it? Absolutely. Do I know who those people are or how, 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 in what quantity they're dispersed amongst our own leadership here in America? I have no clue. Why? Because the federal government's too fucking big. And the money's too long. And, and, and the money you can spread around. And if you can spread around the money, you can buy a lot of loyalty or disloyalty. I don't know. I don't know what's going on right now. I know this. The war is on. We begun the bombing. And who knows what's going on. I'll tell you what we'll find out. Right now, we are about to find out whether or not this, this narrative about the Iranians is true. And they really are the, the crazy fundamentalists that we, we've been taught they are. Or if this is all one high-level staged conflict where the outcome meets the, the desires of somebody's agenda, the question you have to ask yourself and ask yourself continuously is, it, who does it benefit? Is it what you desire? Do you desire your sons and daughters to go fight against the Iranians for control of the Suez Canal? Do you desire for your, your sons and daughters to, to give their, their tax money into, into national bankruptcy to defend the Suez Canal? Do you desire? This ain't, this ain't caping up for the Iranians. I don't give a fuck about Iran. I don't give a fuck about the Iranians. I don't give a fuck about the Ayatollah. I don't give a fuck about any of it. I care about America. And if I was the president of the United States or if I was the United States senator, I'd tell all those world leaders that the same fucking way. And I know the real problem in this country is many of you would disqualify the message, the much needed message and strength that you criticize Joe Biden for not having. Somebody who had that strength, 
who could tell those nations and those leaders to go fuck themselves, you would cringe because of the language. Well, well, let's see how you do in war, motherfuckers. Let's see how you do when the bullets are flying. Let's see how you do when the bombs are dropping. You can't handle a little profanity. Let's see how you do in the foxhole. Let's see how you do in trench warfare and guerrilla warfare. Let's see how you do with a gun to your head. Let's see how you do on those trains, those concentration camps. You can't handle a little profanity. And it makes you uncomfortable. Let's see how fucking comfortable you are when the nuclear bombs start going off. But hey, I'm just crazy. I'm the crazy guy, right? But the war is on. Right now as we speak, it's on. So we get to see. Nothing is final. Nothing is final until God deems it so. So we get to see right now what's what. Stay tuned. <laughs> yes. Stay tuned. We'll, uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be back next Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 9 p.m. Central. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I hope you've been enjoying the radio show. I'm, I'm, I'm on the John Fredericks Radio Network uh, Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern for the Royce White the Royce White radio show. I've always had trouble saying my own name. It's a good sign I'm not a fucking narcissist. The Royce White radio show, uh, Monday through Friday at, at 8 p.m. Eastern. The Royce White show with Real America's Voice will be airing not this Saturday, but next Saturday, February 10th, I believe that is. And we're going to have a new podcast channel. So if you listen to the podcast on any of the audio platforms, Apple, um, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, or, or iHeartRadio, uh, you will soon be able to find a new channel, an entirely new channel, just dedicated to a combination of the radio show replays and the Royce White Show and Real America's Voice. We're going to put both things together um, for, the, for the audio podcast platform. So I hope you'll enjoy that. I mean, at least you'll be able to keep up with the radio show and the Royce White Show in the, the, you know, in the same spot. Drop in the comments if you think I should do two separate channels. I mean, I could I could do the radio show for it and then the Royce White show. I mean, but three podcast channels, oh my goodness. I mean, it's, you know, and then you got Hebrews coming and then you got the the last, I mean, it's just, you know, there'll be so many podcasts out there. Um, it may be hard to, to keep up with, but I don't mind. I don't mind. These are trying times. Keeping up with the people who tell you the truth should be the least of your your worries. That's it. That's all I got for you today. I hope you understand as we as we begin uh, another theater there in the Middle East that nothing is certain. Nothing, nothing is certain, and to me, nothing is what it seems it is. And I don't mean to sow uh, you know uncertainty at a time where we need strength and unity and we need to be decisive and all that. Fuck all that shit. Bullshit. What we need is the American people to wake up and value their citizenship enough to question their leaders. Question their leaders. Common sense. That's what we need in this nation. We need American citizens to, to value their citizenship enough to question their leaders with common sense. And the three common sense questions right now are, when are we closing the border? What are we doing about the debt? And why aren't we stopping the forever wars? When are we closing the border? What are we doing about the debt? Why 
aren't we stopping the forever wars? That's what we, those are the questions we need to be asking. Common sense questions. And even more specifically, this week, who are our enemies? Who are we going to fight? Iran and any would-be proxies? <laughs> who is that? Everybody who's connected to Russia, China, we're, that's a world war. And they're telling you it's going to be a world war. And don't forget that the reason why we are going, the reason for this escalation is because we need outposts in Syria. We need outposts in Yemen. We need outposts in, in, in Islamabad or, or wherever, wherever other, you know, uh, magic carpet place. They, they, they say that we need to be uh, stationed at all times for stability in the region. When are we going to get over this narrative so that we can get back to securing this country? You can't have it both ways. And anybody tells you that we can have it both ways, I think is lying to you. I got to be honest. Maybe when Donald Trump was in the first time, maybe if we had stayed on that track where he was able to deal with, with both things at the same time, at least he was trying to. But we see even with, with Donald Trump in his time in office, if, if he doesn't, and I'll say this, when he gets back in office here in 2024, if he doesn't prioritize America first fully, and we try to play this game where we deal with the border and we, we protect the interests abroad, we won't close that border. We won't close that border. We won't fix this economy. We have to be fully committed to America first, and we have to get our house in order. Then we can deal with our allies. Then we can deal with anywhere else in the world. The move is to bring our boys home, and not to bring our boys home out of weakness, to bring our boys home to show strength, unity. You want to show unity, you show it right here. You show it right here at home. You want a war? You bring the war. To, we'll see. None of them crossing that big, bad ocean. If they can send missiles, they can send those, whether we're here, there, or wherever we are. I mean, that, that's, that, I mean that's always possible. Now, are we doing deep undercover missions to thwart sinister plans to launch inter -ballistic, uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles? Hey, if, if that's what's going on, <laughs> more power to them. You know, let's have more CIA spooks and more military intelligence officers. This has been another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio, powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from us. Help fund the movement, help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement. And that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I'm your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Episode 163, I believe, 163. Uh, we appreciate your viewership and listenership today and in the future. As always, uh, we appreciate the, the InfoWars crowd. We appreciate the War Room posse, everybody that makes the War Room go. Maureen Bannon, uh, Grace Chong, the great Steve Bannon. Uh, Thank you to all the people who came from the fearless crowd who are still here. Um, thank you to the new audience on the John Fredericks Radio Network. We're happy that you're with us as well. Uh, and we, we look forward to the new audience with Real America's Voice and then everybody that we know is over there uh, who are, who are God, family, country patriots. We need you more than ever. And we need you to go into the party. PrecinctStrategy.com, 
find out how to get involved in the process. We got caucuses coming here in February in Minnesota. Go into the caucus, become a Royce White delegate, become an America First and Donald Trump delegate. Don't let the feckless rhino establishment decide the future of this party and the, the future of the conservative movement in this country. It's up to you. It's up to all of us. That's it for me. The fight continues. Don't die a jerk off. And as always, Godspeed.